Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman. I'm so glad that you're joining us again today. It's Rebecca Cressman, and um, we're going to talk about cancer. We're going to talk about oncology services. We're going to talk about how lucky we are to live in a place that has three of the best cancer hospitals in the nation right here. So we have brought in Dr. Margaret Van Meter. She is the Associate Medical Director for Oncology Services. Oncology is a big word for cancer uh, at Intermountain Health. Dr. Van Meter, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me on, Rebecca. Now, there was, they, tell us about the article in Newsweek, because I had learned in the past that a couple of the Intermountain Health hospitals had been recognized as wonderful labor and delivery among the country. Like, so it was like, if you want to find a great hospital yeah. for that. So talk to me about the article. Yeah, at Intermountain, we're fortunate to have a lot of great doctors and clinical services and coordination of all of these. So some of our other service lines have been recognized in the past, and now we have new data to recognize the work that we've been doing for quite some time in the cancer area. So we have three of our hospitals that have been recognized by Newsweek. This is our Intermountain Medical Center located in Murray, uh, Intermountain uh, LDS Hospital in the heart of Salt Lake City, and also Intermountain Hospital at Utah Valley. Um, and all of these have gained recognition through this, this Newsweek program. Uh, and this was uh, recognition based on really important things. Um, one of the most important ones is the patient experience and and patient survey. Uh, also, very important, some standardized quality metrics that we know make a difference for patients as they as they go through a cancer diagnosis, and also a survey that was sent out uh, to people around the country specifically um, and asking them to rank hospitals. So we have been doing this work for a very long time, and we're excited to have this recognition. Well, and I've been uh, transparent and open about my cancer uh, experience, cancer journey, and there is very few things that can and make you feel as vulnerable as a diagnosis of cancer, especially because in the very beginning, um, there's so many steps that need to be taken to assess how far has that cancer invaded in the body? Has it invaded further in the body? What type of cancer is it? Uh, what, you know, what, what do we know uh, um, from past research and past patients about what could tell us about your future, new treatments? So in that patient experience, what were they looking to see whether patients were feeling informed or emotionally cared for. Talk to me a little bit about what that is. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. No, the, the patient experience, uh, you know, patients are often, uh, all of us are patients uh, in our day-to-day lives. And every time we, we visit a healthcare facility, we get a survey by email or text that says, what was your experience like? And the things you've listed, those are exactly the sorts of things that they that they care about. And so we try hard to 
ask patients to get that feedback. Even if it's not always positive feedback, we can take that to make improvements. And that's what we've been doing over the years. Since you have three hospitals, yeah. there are a number of Intermountain Health hospitals all across Utah yeah. and, and expanding beyond, right? Uh, but highlighting Utah Valley Hospital, mm-hmm. which is in Provo, LDS yeah. Hospital in Salt Lake City and in Murray. Um, tell us about the different types of oncology services yeah. that are provided at those hospitals. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really important question because at Intermountain, we we strive to let every person get as much care as possible close to their home uh, that's very high quality. Um, and as you know, a, a cancer diagnosis and treatment can, can last over many months and sometimes years. Uh, and so we want patients to be able to get a lot of that close to their home. However, for some of the more complicated, complex services, we tend to centralize those at at some of these three hospitals that you've mentioned. So highly complex surgery, such as uh, a Whipple surgery for pancreatic cancer. It's interesting you would bring that up. Yeah. Because that's a rare surgery. Yes, So exactly. if somebody, and my friend exactly. was on the list for the Whipple. So that is when that the yeah. complicated pancreatic exactly. surgery, they have to do the plumbing, rewire the plumbing. Exactly. Is that the, is yeah. that an okay layman? Sure. Yes, no, I, th- <laughs> I think that's, that's appropriate. And this is an example of a really complex surgery that, requires a lot of expertise. So so we want to concentrate this surgery. And as you say, it, it can, pancreas cancer is, is a more rare diagnosis. So not every surgeon gets experience with this sort of surgery. So we want to concentrate these complex surgeries and procedures in the hands of the physicians who do them a lot. And we know that the outcomes are better and that's some of what's reflected in the quality metrics as well. So so if you live in 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 St. George or Cedar City, there's a lot of care you can get close to your home and, and we, we have cancer facilities in those areas as well and work closely with those teams. But when it's time for say your Whipple surgery, uh, you know, we want to bring you up here, get that care and then get you back to home. So it's really this tight coordination uh, across our network of hospitals and clinics to provide this care in, in a seamless way. Well, and I apologize that I no. kind of interrupted when you brought up the Whipple. I had never no. heard of it when my okay. friend and I were both going through different types <laughs> yeah. of uh, cancer experiences. And she said, have you ever heard of the Whipple? Yeah. And I said, no. And she said, it's yeah. a very rare yeah. cancer surgery and only a few really expert surgeons can do it. So knowing that we have that expertise here in Utah, here in Murray, is a gift of life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No. So we want to really get the right level of care, the right level of expertise, you know, to the patients, again, as close to their home as possible. Um, but sometimes that does mean traveling to some of these these highly recognized centers that you mentioned where these more complex procedures can be can be provided. What other type of yeah. uh, complex procedures would occur yeah. at the Intermountain? Great, great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So other complex procedures include many type of thoracic surgery for lung cancer, um, something that's not surgical, but uh, is a more complex treatment is a bone marrow transplant. Um, and we have uh, an expert team based at LDS Hospital uh, who provides a high number of bone marrow transplants. We also have some newer, very technical immunotherapies, um, something called CAR-T therapy that's provided uh, at LDS Hospital. So these are things where we, we really get our teams together that are used to working together, that know how to 
identify patients who are who who might be most likely to benefit from a procedure uh, have teams of nurses and other other team members who can identify complications so we really by centralizing this expertise for the complex procedures, we make them safer, we make them more effective, we, we choose the, the patients who are most likely to benefit from them. That's really helpful for yeah. you to describe that, that way. And for those yeah. who just joined us, this is Dr. Margaret Van Meter. She's the Associate Medical Director with Intermountain Health's Oncology Services. And they just re- were recently recognized by Newsweek magazine as having three of the best cancer hospitals in the United States. And, uh, and those, as she mentioned, LDS Hospital, Utah Valley Hospital in Provo, and in addition, Intermountain Health in Murray on those locations. May I ask? As you said, that they were also looking not just at patient experience as we mm-hmm. give that feedback, but they were also looking for s- certain measurement. What else, mm-hmm. as someone who's helping to direct the overall yeah. oncology care, what else are yeah. you trying to make sure that you provide and obviously have provided yeah. because of the recognition? Yeah, exactly. So, so we work together in disease-specific teams. So we've, we've already talked, for example, about pancreas cancer and bone marrow transplant. Um, you know, breast cancer is very different than lung cancer, is different than melanoma. But we've assembled these teams to help identify what are the aspects of care that will help our patients the most? How can we expedite the diagnosis, get the right diagnosis, which you referred to in the beginning? You know, what is the stage? What is the right type of treatment? So some of the things we we look at are um, the kind of the time to diagnosis and the time to treatment. So say a woman comes in for a screening mammogram and there's an abnormality found, how quickly can we get her back in for the confirmatory testing for a biopsy and then get her to the the most appropriate specialist to get her treatment? So time to treatment is one. Uh, Another metric uh, is the appropriateness of the the surgery. So uh, were the right number of lymph nodes removed or was the cancer removed completely with the surgery? these are some of the examples. Also, you know, the most appropriate for those who require chemotherapy, did they receive the most appropriate regimen? So these are kind of, we want to look across the entire trajectory and journey of a cancer diagnosis uh, from from the very, very beginning um, and all the way through their survivorship phase. Do they have access to physical therapy and mental health specialists and what they need to try to get back kind of more into their into the life that they had? Obviously, it's not exactly the same, but we, we work very hard to try to restore that for them. Well, I, I should um, share this, that when my cancer was first diagnosed, I'd had my screening mammogram mm-hmm. at Intermountain Health uh, mm-hmm. at Utah Valley Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, as many of us do, work all these weeks, right? I'm just hustling. And apparently, I missed the piece of mail that oh. came in very quickly saying, we'd love for you to come back. I'd only missed it by about a week and a half. Then my phone mm-hmm. rang. And it was uh, the radiology yeah. saying, we would like you to come back. Did you know that? Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, you know, because there is breast cancer in my family. So mm-hmm. I was aware of the steps uh, that need to be taken. Mm-hmm. I went back in for where, uh, okay, help me with this one. They, it was like a magnified, up-close view. Diagnostic mammogram. Diagnostic yeah. mammogram. Mm-hmm. And I had the most thoughtful and compassionate technician mm-hmm. because I had said to her, we've been watching me closely yeah. for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, I'm aware of it. I've advocated and educated mm-hmm. about breast cancer for years. 
I am prepared if this is what we are going to see. Mm-hmm. And we looked at the different mammogram from one year to the, the next. And she said, you know what? I'm just going to have you sit for a minute yeah. and we'll have the radiologist maybe see if we can't get an ultrasound mm-hmm. uh, with you. And within nine, ten minutes, they with no hush, uh, no rush. No, yeah. We just gently had me come down, walk down. Mm-hmm. And then I, next thing I know, I'm on a table. There's the ultrasound. And I could look to the right of the monitor and I could see what looked right. like a suspicious. Uh, mass. And uh, at that point, the radiologist came in and was so compassionate and so kind. And so now we're going to take a core biopsy sample and we're going to take some of those tissue samples with this big syringe and then we'll mail it off uh, to pathology. And then they're going to let you know within three, four or five days. It was more than 30 hours that my phone rang Mm -hmm. and my doctor called to to give me the news that it was um, breast cancer. It was a... um, an invasive ductal mm-hmm. carcinoma, but that that description, invasive ductal carcinoma, is only one description. Like the physical description of where the cancer is and how far it's mm-hmm. begun when they when they found it, and I didn't know that. Yeah. And then the pathology comes in to tell you what does that, what type of hormones cause that cancer to grow or not grow what do we learn about that how aggressive is it they talk with me about how looking underneath the microscope at the shape of the cancer cells they could determine uh you know so much so my my i I was so appreciative of intermountain of of how they expedited that how pathologists worked hard to make sure i would that because there's that anxious window what am i experiencing yeah no i i think it's it's you know really interesting to hear your story and, and your perspective. And we do hear this from patients all the time, you know, how important those initial days, hours are. And the vast majority of my patients, it's burned in their mind when they heard someone say, we think it's cancer, you know, probably when they did that biopsy for you. Um, and so we work really hard to to make that process as quick, quick as possible, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, no problem. I often say to my patients, you know, one of the most stressful times in a cancer diagnosis is in between when you know something is wrong and when you know exactly what it is and exactly what's going to be done about it and when you have your care team um, assembled. And then it starts to it starts to take shape. Prior to that time, many people are looking online, looking in discussion boards and often looking at very um, accurate information, but it might not be relevant to their particular situation. So we do work hard to streamline this process right at the beginning to get patients connected with a nurse navigator who can try to guide them and get them to the most appropriate specialists um, and answer some of those questions and provide them with accurate, relevant information for them uh, to get them closer to where they need to be um, and out of this this very challenging time. What's uh, I also came away with a deep gratitude for the ongoing research uh, in cancer because every step of my treatment was guided by what we've learned uh, from current patients and past patients. So how many lymph nodes, as you mentioned, are taken back in the day? I would have lost not only the whole breast, but every single one of the lymph nodes under the arm. Or, you know, years before that, 20 years before that, they may have over-radiated the whole area. So what they've learned, what I've experienced, is that oncology is an ever-changing field. Yes. No, and that's what makes cancer treatment 
uh, exciting and and also very very challenging is keeping everybody up to date with the current standard of care. And there are national groups that help to put together these recommendations um, and you know keep everybody on track. But it falls to an individual healthcare system uh, and and team to make sure that we are putting that into action on the ground for every patient that we see. Again, this is a system-wide approach. Um, you know, we have these three hospitals that we've mentioned, but really we want all of the patients that come under our care to get that high quality. So this is where our, our disease-focused teams work. So our breast cancer team really works hard to put together standards and to get that information brought together and brought to the attention of of every single physician who takes care of a patient who's going through a breast cancer diagnosis to make sure they're doing that the correct way. Um, We also have a system-wide tumor board, so uh, at least once a week, sometimes more than that, we meet as a big group to review individual cases and and discuss the most appropriate approach, especially for, for very complex situations. So we work very hard to have... Uh, everyone on our team up to that current standard of care. And that's what does translate into some of these these quality metrics that you mentioned. Well, I, I'm congratulating you. We have about uh, about seven minutes okay. still together in this interview. And, and, and just in case you just turned the dial, this is Dr. Margaret Van Meter. She is Associate Medical Director over Oncology Services over Intermountain um, Health and all the hospitals. And I just wanted to just kind of insert this really quickly. On October 12th, at Spanish Fork Hospital, there will be a special evening for women and call Girls Night Out or Ladies Night Out. And there'll be a lot of information. And it'll be a festive uh, atmosphere as well. I'll be there. And uh, like I did last year, if you have any questions about my personal experience with breast cancer, I'm, I'm there. And you can bring those questions. But more importantly, there'll be other, uh, you know, representatives from the medical community there. Um, and it'll be a beautiful night. And it's yeah. free. So that's October 12th in the Spanish Fork area. Come again. Because sometimes it's really scary. We we do bring more attention to breast cancer. October is, is coming up. But there is skin cancer we need to be aware yeah. of. So many other types. And, yeah. and being afraid often keeps us from yeah. getting <clears throat> the care we need. Yes. No, I, I was, I was going to bring that up. Please do. You, you mentioned your family history of breast cancer. And so fortunately, you had that awareness and you were following very closely. Um, but that, you know, we'd like to get upstream of all these cancers. And so that's another big part of our effort. Although we want to provide the highest quality care for patients who are diagnosed with a cancer, we would much prefer they never are diagnosed with a cancer in the first place, or if they are, that we are detecting it as soon as possible so that perhaps they require less treatment along the way. So, uh, And I'm an example of that. Yes, exactly. Here's the thing that I also don't want people to do is that in my busyness, because I have since the age of 35 have annual mammograms, I, my, there was about a 17 months between that mammogram the year before. And mine had progressed to stage 2B in 17 months. So uh, for those of us with dense breast tissue, may I share this? Please. For those of us with dense breast tissue, uh, for and if you don't know if you do or not, the mammogram will tell you. So go get that. For those of us who may be at higher risk genetically or family history, that's 10%. The rest of you, 90% of women, uh, it's because you have breasts. So you're at risk because you have breasts. <laughs> Correct. But... but um, uh, 
I, I would stay on top of it because uh, it's possible that mine might not have progressed as far if I would have been right on that yeah. 12 month mark. And, and I'll acknowledge it is very difficult for the general population and, and to be honest, even for physicians to find their way through all the different guidelines. You know, there there's American Academy of Family Physicians has guidelines. Um, United States Preventive Services Task Force has guidelines. So, and to, in breast cancer, these guidelines differ and quite they've a changed. bit, mm-hmm. and they've changed. So, so some guidelines say it would be fine for you actually to have a mammogram every two years, um, but this is this is hard, and it depends on the individual person, their risk, their family history. Our Intermountain recommendation, along with many other you know, professional societies, is to have a mammogram once a year starting at age 40 and continuing as long as, as you're in good health. For people who are at higher risk by virtue of family history or other risk factors, we also have a high-risk breast clinic where you know we can meet and talk about risk reduction measures or perhaps more intense screening options. Like the MRI. Like a breast mm-hmm. MRI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've launched a new breast MRI program called the Fast Breast MRI, which takes about 15 minutes instead of 45. Um, Hallelujah. Yes, it's a a great option for patients. It just launched earlier this year. And so I think that will be something to do. You're right. Mammogram reports will say who has dense breasts, breasts, but... Uh, exactly what to do with that historically has not been clear. But but with this fast breast MRI protocol, that really gives us something else to offer patients who are at increased risk. Um, and I do want to call out specifically skin cancer because Utah has a disproportionate uh, share of, of skin cancer in the country. I think it's per capita is the highest in the country. So we want all of our you know people to, to keep a close eye on their skin, see a dermatologist if there's anything of concern. Uh, bring An annual bring, check, right? Annual check. Mm-hmm. And yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And watch for the spots that are changing, irregular, anywhere Correct. from your scalp, on your lips. Exactly. Your and sometimes hairdressers are often able to pick that up. So we, we really depend on, on the whole team to help get screening. I guess one more common cancer that I'll call out that has had a change in screening recommendations recently is colon cancer. Colorectal cancer is on the rise, particularly among young people. And the uh, new screening recommendation for that is to start at age 45 for colonoscopy. There's also some other tests that can be done and people can talk with their primary care provider about that. Uh, but some we want to do what we can to present cancer and, and not not have it diagnosed any later than is necessary. Right. And um, I'm so appreciative that you chose a field that you did, oncology services. And um, it can make us all kind of like lose our breath. My goodness, am I at risk of colon cancer? Am I at risk of, of skin cancer? The beautiful thing is if you're getting annual checks, if you are getting screenings, you have a great chance, if anything develops, to catch it early. Maybe for you, you won't need chemotherapy. Maybe for you, like that breast MRI, 15 minutes in an MRI machine instead of 45. That's why I said hallelujah. So less. So, you know, do what you can because the people in your life love you. You matter to them and they want you to take care of yourself. Take that time. I also just wanted just a couple more minutes with you. You talked about your having tumor boards Mm -hmm. and uh, teams together. Some of your patients who I'm aware of, cancer patients who work with Intermountain, they feel so supported because you have teams. In other words, they'll say, my cancer team. Can you explain that for us a bit, what that is? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. We, We, you know... Lots of doctors have have a wide range of expertise, um, 
And we also have doctors who are more focused in certain areas. So we want to join them together, facilitate those transitions of care, facilitate communication. Sometimes it's in the way of an official tumor board. Sometimes it's conversations just among these docs. Um, but we want we want the patient to understand everything that's that's going on in the background to help find find their best, uh, most appropriate treatment path that's personalized for them. So I did mention national guidelines, which is all fine, but each individual patient has their own unique cancer, their own unique health circumstances, life circumstances, and goals. And, and we want to really listen to that and work to find what makes the most sense for that patient. So yes, we, we do have multidisciplinary teams that, that kind of span the spectrum and are in constant communication. And, and we're fortunate to have such a great group of people working together all for the care of each individual patient. I would use the term, thank you, patient-centered. Yeah. So as a patient, you get to make many, many decisions about your whole care. Yeah. And, and it's such a respectful, compassionate process yeah. to do that. Yes. Dr. Margaret uh, Van Meter, Associate Medical Director over Oncology Services at Intermountain Health. If we want more information about uh, where to seek treatment, should we just go online to intermountainhealthcare.org? Thanks for asking, Rebecca. So we have a website, intermountainhealthcare.org, and there's a lot of great resources there. We also have a one-stop shop phone number, which you can see on the website, but is 833-321-3332. Again, 833-321-3332. This is Cancer Answers, uh, answered by a member of our team to help connect you with whatever services you need, whether that's more on the prevention side, the treatment side, the survivorship side. You know, we really want to take care of you wherever you are over the course of your journey. That's beautiful. Thank you so, so much again. And congratulations, three of Intermountain Health Hospitals recognized in Newsweek as some of the best cancer hospitals in the country. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition Thank of Utah Weekly Forum. Thank you, Rebecca. Appreciate it. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International Station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at Rebecca at FM100.com. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.